Good morning, everyone. Welcome back. It is Monday yet again. It is May 2nd, 2022. It is my birthday month. And let's hope that April showers bring May flowers. And I don't mean physical flowers. I hope that the April showers, meaning a bear market we've seen in April, a very horrible month, brings May flowers in terms of green. So let us hope spring will come again for our portfolios. Diving right into it. Ding, ding, ding. The S&P is up 0.1%, 0.16%-ish. The NASDAQ is about flat. So um, we will check in on the markets again. Futures were kind of wavering, and it looks like it's going to be another. Fl- it's a flat open. We shall see where this new May takes us. Thanks for joining us to the best, most calm uh, live stream of the of the market open uh, Monday through Thursdays at my market open 930 Eastern. Uh, don't forget, you can join us on our meeting pulse QR code right here or link in the description always for raffles and Q&A that we address at the end of each podcast. And you can find us on uh, anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify or Apple or Deezer or wherever the heck you get your your. Uh, your podcast. So thanks so much. Don't forget to hit the like button. We've got 69 concurrent viewers, 70 concurrent viewers, and I appreciate every single one of you. All right. So we'll check back in the market, but crude oil is down 2.8% on the day, uh, hovering at about $101 per barrel. Gold futures down 2.5% at 1863 per ounce. Um, Bonds, the 10-year note is at 2.96% yield. The two-year note at 2.7% yield and the three-month note at 0.8% yield. And we are not inverted. Awesome. So let's move on to our first story of the day. Americans are showing inflation fatigue and some companies see a breaking point. Executives running some of the world's biggest retailers, manufacturers, and consumer products makers say that they are seeing signs that people are bottoming, sorry, becoming less. Stocks are bottoming. (laughs) Uh, Freudian slip there. Uh, People are becoming less willing to absorb price increases. This is something that we've been actually monitoring, and uh, we call this demand destruction, actually. Um, You know, as the uh, Fed hikes rates and people get really turned off of buying goods and services at higher and higher prices. So, Marlboro maker Altria, so cigarettes, said cigarette smokers are trading down to discount brands as higher gasoline prices shrink their disposable income. Sleep Number and Temper Sealy International caution demand is falling for mattresses and some big ticket items. Uh, we've all talked about how I believe that um, mattresses are one of the first things to go in a recession because you know you can always just kick off your purchase of a new mattress till next year or the year after or the year after. 1-800-Flowers.com, Inc. says it believes consumers are spending less on bouquets. I mean, yeah, of course, you're going to buy less flowers if you feel um, not as rich. Uh, Good consumer spending has powered the U.S. economy through much of the pandemic as households were helped by the stimulus programs, rising wages, and rebound in the U.S. job market, a very tight job market, which is still very, very tight. Um, But we are seeing the first signs of consumer hesitancy to buying goods and services as prices keep increasing. Uh, I know for one that the price of a burrito is now solidly in the mid teens. And what used to be 
I want to buy my lunch for $10 or less is I feel like if I can get lunch for $18 or less these days, I kind of went, I got away with a good lunch. So, um, that's just something to keep, uh, keep in mind. We, we have seen GDP decline for the past quarter. And remember if we see two in a row, that's technically a recession. So this is kind of the signs that demand is going down. And while, uh, supply is still crimped in the economy, um, hopefully demand comes down, but not too much, too far down that we don't get, you know, a huge, huge crash. Um, but that should help inflation get into check. So moving on to the next story, let's talk about the fed. This is fed week. The fed prepares double barreled tightening with bond runoff. Uh, to support financial markets in the economy during the pandemic, just a reminder, the Fed more than doubled its asset portfolio of mostly treasury and mortgage securities to a mammoth $9 trillion. Let's see if uh, this, is a, um, this is a little chart of the asset boom uh, where the Federal Reserve's asset portfolio uh, grew from uh, just about over $5 trillion to, uh, oh, wait, sorry, this is uh, as a share of GDP, but the bond, uh, the asset portfolio of the Fed is like $9 trillion, which is kind of crazy. Um, this Wednesday, officials are to announce plans on how they're going to shrink these holdings. And uh, we expect the process to be faster and potentially more disruptive to financial markets than last time. Uh, the Fed undertook that large-scale bond buying program, dubbed QE, uh, during and after the 08 crisis. And uh, at that time, when the Fed's short-term interest rate was near zero, the purchases were designed to stimulate economic growth by basically printing money and pumping money into the system. So the opposite, as they shrink the, the portfolio, the asset portfolio, they're taking money out of the economy, which should help inflation, but also would hurt growth as well. It's kind of a double-edged sword there. So as they shrink their balance sheet, they're also raising rates, which is kind of that double, double whammy of tightening policy. So that's what we're expecting. Um, and the big thing I think is, are they going to increase their, the rate, uh, the fed funds rate by 50 basis points, which everybody was expecting or potentially cause they've opened the door, be even more aggressive to 75 basis point increases in the fed funds rate. That's what we're going to be worried about, uh, in the equity markets. Don't forget to like the video for the algorithm. It really helps, uh, folks see this video in their homepage in the mornings. All right. So let's go over to crypto world. Uh, but checking back into the markets, Oh no, looks like may, uh, April showers are bringing more may showers instead of flowers. The NASDAQ is down 0.69%. As we look at it, the S and P is down 0.55%. The market is continuing to see pain. We don't like to see that. Let's look at coin market cap to check in with crypto land. Well, Bitcoin is holding up and is at 38,800 and is up 2% over the last 24 hours. ETH is at 2,800 per token per ETH. BNB is at 385. XRP is at 61 cents. Solana is at $87. Solana has actually taken a 10% hit over the last uh, week. Terra Luna at 83, $84. Um, up 4% on the day, but down 6% over the week. Cardano is at 77 cents. Uh, Dogecoin at 13 cents, so taking a, a pretty big hit too. And so crypto is taking kind of a hit with everything else, but Bitcoin is being stable. Very, very stable. 
Talk about Bitcoin being the st- the thing for stability these days. Kind of crazy. Going to our first crypto story. Solana goes dark for seven hours as bots swarm candy machine NFT minting tool. So um, the story here is kind of crazy. Uh, Solana stakeholders rushed to write the network Saturday night after what one insider called insane amount of data flooded the proof of stake chain or proof of proof of time. Yeah, we, we went in really deeply into what Solana is in, for ROI uh, club members at ROI.club. Um, but this insane amount of data that flooded the chain knocked validators out of the consensus and uh, basically stopped and crashed the network. So they usually have to reset it. Bots swarmed the popular NFT minting tool called uh, known as Candy Machine early Saturday with an unprecedented, unprecedented tsunami of inbound traffic, 4 million transaction requests, and t- 100 gigabits of data every second. It's crazy how much they get, they're trying to get like uh, kind of swarmed with these attacks. Uh, the reasons are not yet clear. The swarm pushed validators out of consensus um, and they had to reset it. So co-founder Anatoly uh, Yekavenko, who said he was traveling during much of the craziness, credited the validator community for spearheading the mainnet recovery. He caught flack on Twitter Saturday for allegedly being MIA during a network crisis. I mean, where people he was traveling. I don't know if you can really blame him. Um, unlike September's 17-hour outage, Saturday's hard fork restart did not resolve with new and improved code populating across the validators. They simply picked up where the network flopped seven hours prior. Um, so this is just an, kind of an issue with Solana. They get attacked and swarmed and a DDoS attacked and all that stuff, and they have to kind of restart the network. So um, these are all emerging protocols, and Solana is not a clear winner yet. Neither is Ethereum, right? But Ethereum had the head start and and a lot of a uh, head head start and um, I guess network effects being kind of the first one. So again, investing in anything but Bitcoin, in my opinion, is very much like liquid venture capital investing in potential networks of the future. But prepare, they can very easily go to zero. Um, those of you that were in the crypto community from when back. I started, right? You'll remember the big hype around certain uh, kind of ERC token type of networks like Gollum or some of these other ones. Like, But where are they? They're not in the leaderboard anymore, right? So just just remember when you invest in liquid venture capital, it's, uh, it's like the power rule. One might blow up like crazy returns, but a lot of them might go to zero. Just remember that. All right, next next story. After eight years, Wikipedia stops accepting Bitcoin and Ethereum donations. Wikipedia's parent organization, Wikimedia Foundation, will no longer be accepting any donations in Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, or Ethereum after some community members sparked a three-month-long debate about the pros and cons of crypto. The news comes shortly after the foundation conducted a poll where more than 70% of respondents said they wanted to discontinue all cryptocurrency donations. The Wikimedia Foundation has decided to discontinue direct acceptance of cryptocurrency as a means of donating we are making this decision based on recent feedback from volunteer and donor communities. That's what the foundation said in the uh, tweet from Molly White. 
Um, the foundation began accepting Bitcoin in 2014, very early adopter. Uh, it reasoned that adding Bitcoin as a donation option would help making contribute contrib contributions uh, simple and as, as inclusive as possible. Uh, and we all love Wikipedia putting like democratizing knowledge on the internet, right? But uh, this is kind of a bummer to me. I don't really, I'm not really super familiar with, with why, what the downsides are. Um, it might just bring, honestly, some operational issues, right? Uh, Brungs said, in the last financial year, the most used cryptocurrency was Bitcoin. We have never held cryptocurrency and spot convert donations daily into fiat currency, which doesn't have a significant environmental impact. Um, the debate over crypto donations began January. Uh, only 400 community members really took uh, or were involved in the discussion. Um, so I don't really know if this is the right decision, but it probably makes their operations a little easier not having to deal with crypto and convert it back to uh, like back to fiat currency. Um, okay, moving on to the next story. Crypto add, uh, added Telegram to, sorry, crypto added to Telegram by Ton Stewards opening path to payments. So the Ton Foundation, T-O-N, has added crypto payments to Telegram, adding its 550 million users to send or allowing them to send and receive Ton coin within the messaging app, according to a Tuesday tweet. Um, while only TonCoin, so their own token, T-O-N, can be sent within the app, users can also buy Bitcoin through the at wallet bot. Uh, the aim is to make sending TonCoin feel like sending a text message. I'm not really sure. I mean, I remember when Snapchat added uh, payments features and then they removed it because people weren't really using it. I'm not really sure. I don't use Telegram. I think Telegram is more popular in Europe. So I know we have some European um, morning centers. So let, let me know if what you think if you use Telegram and if you would send money to each other via TonCoin. I think it'd be probably more uh, of a lighter lift if you could send each other Bitcoin or even US dollars or pounds or Euro. I'm not sure. Um, checking back in the market before we dive into our... Um, our business news of the day. Let's refresh the screen. Okay, so the NASDAQ is making a bit of a comeback. The NASDAQ is now up 0.4%, whereas the S&P is saying it's down 2.66%. The NASDAQ is now sort of flat. So it looks like we have quite a divergence between the NASDAQ and the S&P. The S&P is down almost 3% according to the Wall Street Journal. I'm, I'm refreshing. It looks like it's that's what it is. Very, very interesting. Maybe let's go to CNBC just to double check that we're not crazy. Okay, so it looks like maybe the Wall Street Journal's uh, data might be wrong. The S&P is down 0.2% according to CNBC, and the NASDAQ is up 0.1%. So we are looking at a relatively flat day. Okay, interesting. Hmm. Okay, let's dive into the stories. Warren Buffett says Berkshire owns 9.5% of Activision Blizzard shares in merger arbitrage bet. Very interesting story. Um, Warren Buffett said Saturday during the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting 
that it's been increasing its stake in Activision Blizzard in a merger arbitrage play. Berkshire now owns about 9.5% of Activision shares, Buffett said at the meeting. And he said it was him, right? He said, occasionally I'll see an arbitrage deal and do it. Uh, occasionally it looks like the odds are in our favor, but absolutely we can lose money on the company, fairly large sums of money, depending on what happened if the deal, deal blows up. Um, very interesting. I, uh, I mean, he must see a lot of value in it. 9.5% of a 70, $80 billion deal is like almost $10 billion, which might not move the needle a ton for Berkshire Hathaway, but it's, it's sizable. Like a eight to $10 billion bet is sizable for them. So maybe you want to, um, kind of follow him. He's a pretty conservative investor and doing a merger arbitrage deal, uh, should show you that, that they think it's very attractive given Activision ATVI stock. Let's check in on ATVI is up 3.3% on the weekend on the news, but they are at $78 and the deal is for Microsoft to buy Activision Blizzard for $95. So inherently, if the deal goes through 95 divided by 78 today, you'd get a 22% return when the deal closes. Pretty wide gap. I think that's why they think it's wide enough and they think it's going to happen enough that, and you all know how best buddies with Bill Gates, Warren Buffett is. So maybe he has some good information there. Um, awesome. So thanks so much for the 180 of you here in the, in the chat. Don't forget to like the video. That's all we ask here. And we do uh, raffles and Q&A at the end. Uh, let's check in, in the mar on the market because that guy in the chat is saying S&P is down 2%, but I, I'm getting kind of conflicting views. S&P is now saying, or sorry, CNBC is saying that the S&P 500 is now up 0.06%, basically flat. So it looks like it's a flat market from what I can see, but definitely correct me if I'm wrong. Let's move on to the next story. The next story is that Berkshire earnings decline in the first quarter on slowing economic growth and a stock market pullback. Uh, some key points, the company's net earnings came around $5.5 billion, down more than 53% from $11.7 billion uh, in Q1 of last year. Berkshire's operating er earnings were flat year over year at $7 billion. That's why EPS can be kind of muddy. Um, uh, the flat operating results were impacted by the slowing U.S. economy, which contracted in the first quarter uh, for the first time since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, it's moving on to the next Next story, EU accuses Apple of abusing mobile payment market power. The EU antitrust authorities on Monday today charged Apple with abusing its dominant position by restricting access to the technology, underpinning contactless payments on its iOS mobile devices. Uh, they said it took issue with Apple's decision to prevent mobile wallet app developers from accessing the needed hardware and software on its devices and instead favoring its own offering, Apple Pay. Uh, if found guilty of abusing its dominance in connection with the payment service, Apple could be subjected to a fine that would be linked to how much it charges for the use of its mobile wallet services. Um, they built the EU executive vice president, uh, Margreth, I don't know how to say her name, uh, Vestager, Vestager, um, excuse my painfully Americanness for not <laughs> pronouncing her name right. Uh, but she was saying that Apple had built has built a closed ecosystem around its devices and its operating system um, and that it controls the gates to this ecosystem, setting the rules for the game for anyone who wants to reach consumers using 
Apple devices and not allowing them access to a bunch of stuff and promoting its own issues. The EU has been much stricter than the US in terms of cracking down on um, the antitrust issues. If you ask me, if you're kind of a purist, Apple does kind of abuse its power, right? And as a corporation, they're going to abuse its power to the full extent that the law um, lets them. Moving on to the next story, and then we'll check on some popular stocks together. Uh, Spirit Airlines rejects JetBlue bid, sticks with the Frontier deal. All you Americans know this is actually an interesting story because Frontier and Spirit are the low-cost carriers. Those of you in Europe, uh, the analog would be like Ryanair and maybe EasyJet, right? But Spirit and Frontier have a really bad reputation of canceling flights and you get what you pay for, large, lots of turbulence, uh, unruly passengers because you're paying really cheap tickets. Although I don't know why we can't get as cheap of tickets here in the States as Ryanair gets in, in Europe, but someone can tell me that in the comments below. Um, kind of reading through the story, uh, Spirit Airlines rebuffed the $3.6 billion cash takeover bid from JetBlue so if you remember, Spirit is in talks with merging with Frontier, the two crappy airlines merging together. Um, crappy meaning, you know, bad, again, bad rep, but uh, pretty profitable in today's, uh, or in, they're doing really well business-wise. And then JetBlue swooped in and said, oh, we want to buy you Spirit. And JetBlue here in the States has a reputation of being actually like quite a nice uh, airline, good experience, uh, hub in New York City, kind of airline, which is kind of a head scratcher. But Spirit is saying, we don't want to join JetBlue. We want to instead pursue our merger with Frontier. The rejection comes after JetBlue pledged to shed assets to win regulatory approval to pay a 200 and to pay a $200 million breakup fee, representing about $1.80 a share to Spirit if it's unable to uh, complete a 33 a share acquisition for antitrust reasons. But despite all that, which is pretty strong offer. Spirit said that its board determined that the revised proposal involves an unacceptable level of closing risk and that it will continue to advance towards completing a cash and stock merger with Frontier, originally valued at $2.9 billion. So even though JetBlue is offering $3.6 billion, um, so much higher, um, almost whatever, 20% higher you know, price to shareholders, they think that antitrust risks are too too heavy or too much and that the deal has too high a chance of falling through with JetBlue. So instead, they are going to take the deal at a lower price with Frontier. Cool. Awesome. So that was the last uh, business story that we wanted to check in on. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much for the almost 200 people here in the chat. Thanks to the uh, 84 likes. Don't forget to get those likes up for us. Let's hit 100 today. Um, and let's check in on some of our popular stocks. But before we do that, I wanted to give you um, some heads up about the events this week. Just a reminder, like we said at the top of the podcast, uh, the FOMC meeting is this week on Wednesday. And the earnings we're going to get is today after hours. We're getting Expedia, Diamondback M Energy, and MGM Resorts. And don't forget to... Join us every Monday through Thursdays at Market Open. Okay, let's look at. Um, hold on, let me 
pull up Tesla stock today. Tesla is up 0.33%, so essentially flat. Palantir, which I do not own still, people, even though people have been asking me every day. I get daily questions online, of, have I bought Palantir yet? Um, it, Palantir is up 0.7% today. Um, let's see, ARC, for those of you that hold ARC, is up 3% today. Um, Roku is up 5.5% today. Roku, even though they missed estimates and had a bad quarter last week, relatively bad quarter. Um, Spotify reported last week, I believe, and is up 3.3%. Uh, what else should we look up? Hello, Nuno from Lisbon. Nice to see you. Hey, Viv. Good morning. Netflix stock up 3.32. Let's look at Finviz for the big mega caps. It's a mixed day. Amazon continuing to fall. Uh, for those of you asking about Amazon is down 2.5% today. Uh, I, I did a write-up on Friday for ROI Club members on the Investor's Workbook, which we are building out at ROI.club. So if you're a ROIC member, definitely go check out my note in the Investor's Workbook. So you go to ROI.club and then Investor's Workbook, and there's like a monthly password that's pinned to the top of the feed there. And uh, I wrote a note about how I think my views on it as a compounder has changed. Um, let's check about on Microsoft. Uh, everybody wants PayPal. Okay, let's let's look at PayPal. PayPal is up two point four percent today at ninety dollars a share, and let's look at Block. So that's Square SQ stock. Block Inc. is up two point nine percent. So it seems like the retail owned growth names are doing a little better today. But looking at Finviz. Um, Apple is down 1.5%. Google is down 1%. Tesla is down almost 2%. Microsoft is pretty flat, down 0.3%. Visa is down 2.2%. MasterCard is two, down 2.3%. Pfizer is down 2.23%. Facebook is up 1.4%. NVIDIA up half a percent. Uh, Broadcom up 1.6%. So it seems like the big mega caps are not doing so well today, but the retail-owned growth names that probably have been hurting a lot that you all own are doing better. For example, AMD is up 1.25% today. Let's double check what's happening with the market. S&P up 0.3%, the NASDAQ up 0.8%. The VIX up 3.6%, volatility, fear in the market abound. Awesome, thanks so much. So we are done with the morning news. Let's look at the Q&A and maybe give away 25 bucks today. Thank you for the if we can get to 150 uh, likes in the next like couple minutes, I will give away two $25 prizes. So we're at 111 likes. So, and there's 220 of you here. So definitely like the video. Um, could you please explain the pros and cons between investing in e-reits like Fundrise and more traditional reits like ticker O? And what about investing in reits indirectly through Blackstone and KKR? So uh, I think it's a great question. I really like Fundrise because uh, it operates much more like a private equity fund. Um, and so when you invest into like a private equity fund, you're kind of like, it's, it's much more private. It's not uh, being bid up and down by share price. And so they only mark to market maybe once a year or once a quarter. And it's a lot more, 
I'm investing money in a team. So something like Fundrise, like I know the team very well, they operate it like a private equity fund. And, um, and so uh, it's a lot, I think the valuations you're getting are much more aligned to the purchase prices that they're buying the assets. When you buy a kind of a normal REIT, like O, so ticker O is Realty Income Corp. I mean, it's like uh, a really big one, right? That's like one of the biggest REITs out there. Uh, as a REIT, a publicly traded REIT, you have to basically pass through 80% of 80 plus, nine, or maybe even 90 plus percent of your cash flows through to investors in the forms of dividends. So they're not really deploying as much capital as a percentage of their, uh, it's more of a holding company for the assets because they can't save the cash. Like legally as a REIT, you have to pass along the cash. They can't really reinvest and buy new real estate for you. Um, so you're really buying a yield, I think. And because these things are publicly traded, let's go to Centio. This is a good question to dig into. Um, if you go to um, like ticker O, right? Realty Income Corp. Let's go to the overview you're getting some sort of dividend yield and the dividend yield is going to change every single day based on the price, the, the stock price. So the dividend yield that the market requires from this type of asset base right now is a 4.3, 4.5% dividend yield annually. So it trades much more like a bond versus Fundrise I know is like actively buying swaths of like rental properties using the cash you're giving them. That's that's my understanding of of the differences. And um, another part of that question, it's a good question, is the most upvoted question, is uh, what about investing in REITs indirectly through Blackstone and KKR? Like, I, I love those companies. And Roic members know, I wrote something up about KKR. Um, so go check out the investor's workbook at ROI.club. And everybody asking if ROI, if Roic is a website, yeah, it's 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 at ROI.club. And that's really why I do what I do here, right? Like this is all free content and everything, but uh, I wanna build um, something really, really cool where we can all research, actually do deep research together as a community online for individual investors because Morgan Stanley ain't doing that for us. Um, all right, let's give away some money. We got 135 likes, uh, so that's not 150. So I'm gonna give away the first $25 prize. So there's 50 of you. Go, go. If you want to enter the raffle, I'm gonna give you like 60 seconds. Uh, you just scan this QR code on your phone, or you click the link in the description, and um, and yeah, and you just kind of wait in that lobby, and then you'll get a pop up if you won. So I'm gonna wait like 20 seconds. There's no other Q. Oh, the, uh, there's a there's a the second most update upvoted question today is buying the dip in ATVI for the Microsoft deal premium. I think it's reasonable. The Oracle of Omaha is buying it in massive volumes, and it's a twenty percent upside. I think that's like I wouldn't I wouldn't like back up the truck on it, but it's a reasonable fun play. I think twenty twenty one percent profit for taking the risk that the deal goes through. I think it's a really important deal for Microsoft. I think if they want to create the Netflix of video games, they can. I think they can go kill, um, not kill, but I think I think Sony's in trouble in their video game department. Awesome, okay. So the raffle, I'm picking the raffle, new raffle. The winner should get a pop-up right now. So put in your information. You don't need to put in your full name or anything. You just, I just need your email so we can Venmo or PayPal you.
Um, Amin is saying, can you check out the investment pitches? Uh, so Justin A is the raffle winner. Congrats for 25 bucks. Uh, we are at 140 likes. If we get a, like 10 more likes, then I'll give away another 25 just to make this fun. We, we try to make investing fun. And Amin is saying, can you check out the investment pitches? So those go through uh, Ken first. So we're always reading. Um, and oh, we also have plans on hiring more uh, Wall Streeters on the team to help you all at ROI Club. Stay tuned. Yeah, like um, our schedule is a little bit tough. So if we do miss some posts, hopefully you all can. Um, I mean, the pitches are very, very value additive to the community, by the way. Like everybody, I think people like seeing each other's pitches, which is great. Because quite honestly, sourcing new investments is half of the battle. And you all can do it just as good as I can. All right. We hit 150 likes. So I'm going to give away 25 more dollars. And then we're going to check in on the stock market one more time and we're going to wrap it up. All right. New raffle. So the winner should have a pop-up. Please put information, your information while we wait for that. The market is now up, reversing. The S&P is up 0.15%, so still relatively flat. The NASDAQ is up 0.5%. The Russell 2000 is up 0.4%. The VIX is still up 3%. Um, the Dow Jones is flat. And going to Finviz just to check in. Uh, it's, I think Finviz is 15 minutes delayed. Um, and now some of the mega caps are flipping to green. Facebook up 3.5%. Apple flat. Amazon down almost 3%. Pepsi and Coke are the ones that are down. Visa MasterCard still down over a percent. Awesome. So do we have a winner um, on a second winner? Jeremy L. Jeremy L, you won $25 as well. Thank you so much for joining us live. And thank you for everyone listening to this after the fact, either through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. We are here every morning for you, Monday through Thursday. We collect the news. Don't forget to sign up for the email version of Morning Sense that goes up before this and in case you miss it. And I love you all. I hope this green lasts. I hope April showers bring May flowers. Say it with me. May flowers to our portfolio. Love you all. See you tomorrow morning.